Hey guys, welcome to True Knows Talk. Jeff here. I don't know if y'all have heard of Anchor, but it's ran by Spotify now. And it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one app or on your desktop. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone and computer. And really, I mean, when hosting on Anchor, you you mean you can distribute your podcast on many platforms. Spotify, Apple, I mean, there's just tons of them, more than I have time to really explain. But the best part about it, really, everything you need is in one place, and it's free. So, guys, go to your app store, download the Anchor FM app, or go online and just put it on your desktop if you got a laptop. Now, I know Chip and Hunter, just like I am, we're ready to kick this thing off. So, y'all can give us the countdown, and we'll see y'all when the show starts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of True Knowles Talk. This is Jeff, as always. I'm joined today by Chip. Hunter is uh, taking a week off. Uh, really, I think he just wants to spend some time with his old his old love interest, his wife, and also he's, he's just he's trying to, you know, get him a new vehicle, it looks like. But he's taking the weekend off, uh, or the week off. I hope he enjoys his vacation. But uh, really, I mean, let's we're going to start off the show with really a fan question we had and that was from miss cheryl and she said um she wants to know what's our thoughts on this open recruitment type thing with the transfer portal you know where players can transfer at any time as many times as they want and i mean i have to agree with miss cheryl she says it's 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 going to be crazy times and yes you know the ncaa is recommending a proposed kind of trans kind of a restriction to the transfer portal that would limit the transfer portal movement to only two times a year when i mean you look at it we had two over two thousand players in the portal this year just this last season and if passed the rule would create you know two transfer portal windows in college football a 40 45 day window beginning the day following the championship selection and a 15 day period following the end of really spring practice uh be the first two weeks of may i mean chip what's your thoughts on the uh on basically just free agency really and what they're trying to do to me it's making a mess of college football um it's gotten to where kids no longer want to actually have to earn their their playing time they it's almost automatically like oh i can't play here right now as a freshman um, I'm going to transfer here where I can. You know, it's, it's, it's no more of what we used to see where where guys had to actually pay their dues. Um, yeah. For the longest time, uh, Florida State, you know, they never had more than, what, a two-year starter because the guy sat for two years and learned um, at, at quarterback. Uh, it's 
It's going to make a mess of college football. Um, I would like to see if they do the transfer portal. It's got to be a one-time transfer unless, you know, circumstances lead up to, like, I guess, like a coach that recruited them leaves and the entire scheme of the team changes where the it affects that player, you know, it does that player doesn't fit. But um, like you and I talked before the show, you could actually have a, a guy in his four-year playing career play on four different teams. And that's, you know, that's it's just yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. And I, I do agree with you. Um, it makes them, you know, I hate to use this word, but it kind of makes the players entitled. Correct. You know, if I don't get my way on this team, you know, I'm just going to go somewhere else. And granted, there's underlying circumstances to really that issue. You know, they may have to transfer for family issues or other other situations, but majority of these kids that enter the transfer portal is just because they didn't get their way or they, you know, they wasn't good enough to beat out the player ahead of them. And I think it's just like NIL, really, if they don't restrict it to something major, it's going to wind up ruining college football that we all love. So, I mean, I just – I'm worried it's, it's it's going to create a culture in NCAA and in the football that, you know, who cares? You know, there's no no commitment really. You know, you commit on, on signing day, but there's no commitment. You know, if I commit for four years, I'm going to stay there four years. And if I can't beat the guy out, I'm going to support him the whole time. <coughs> Where now it's if I don't beat him out, I'm going to go bye-bye and cry and whine and stuff like that. But I think it's crazy. I think it is going to wind up ruining um, college football, really. I mean, there's there's been some good transfer portal players come to Florida State. Mm-hmm. There's been quite a few that wasn't good. You know, you can take your Jermaine Johnson. You can take your – um, I mean, Trey Benson's and all that, which we don't know how Trey's going to be. But then you also have your uh, – what was his name? Everett Golston, yeah. Alex Hornybrooks. Um, the list goes on and on. Of, you know, I mean, I hate to say this, he caught fourth and 14, but Andrew Parchment was not the player that we all thought he would be coming from Kansas the year before. So, I mean – like I've said in the previous show, transfer portal, you know, it giveth, it taketh away, but it's like a coin flip. You don't know what you're getting. But I, if they don't get a handle on it, it's going it's to really hurt the hurt the college sports in my eyes. But uh, moving on from that, that was that was a good question for Miss Cheryl. Um, you know, it's you know, it's we're here. It's it's football season. The end of july which normally begins you know really heating things up fall camps right around the corner which starts tomorrow actually and uh-huh. really a lot has transpired since spring you know it's been a long you know long off season for all of us fans despite you know the outcomes of you know off the, on, on the field last season there are you know a few question marks quite a bit of optimism you know Second consecutive spring and summer workouts provide, you know, this staff really, really something they didn't have coming in. Correct. And 
you know, I'm just curious what Coach Norvell's mindset is after the first week of fall camp. You know, will these guys start fall camp focused and hungry and ready to, you know, like Coach Norvell says all the time, work? And, you know, but today, you know, he had his, like, I think it was like a media interview thing. He was just, he was ecstatic about it. So, I mean, Chip, I mean, what's what what's kind of your, I guess what I'm saying, are you ready for, for football season to start? Man, it's like you can almost smell it in the air. It's, you know, it's almost that toe touches leather and uh, getting ready to go. Um, dude, Norvell's, Norvell's excitement, energy, man, that, that's contagious. Like he, uh, I haven't, I haven't had this much excitement about a football season, hell, since I played. And that was, you know, 20, that was more than 20 years ago. Um, it's, uh, oh man, I can't wait. I just, I, I'm optimistic for it, but I'm ready. You know, Chip, I mean, I, you and me, we played, we've coached. Yeah. And I'm going to say something only people that's played the sport will know what I'm talking about. But when you get around a bunch of athletes, especially on sideline, you smell what I say, when you smell the pads mm-hmm. and chip, you know what I'm talking about? You smell the helmet, mm-hmm. you know, and it has a distinct smell that really just, I mean, when I used to cover Florida state for uh Washington County, Holmes County times and advertiser, I'd be on the sidelines taking pictures and I could smell And dude, I was ready. You know, I want to jump on the field. Because it just it gets your blood going, it gets your heart pumping. Really, it it takes you back to them playing days. Mm-hmm. Just that smell does, and you know, the hunger comes with that. And this team, I hope is 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 hungry. I think they are because you know today, like I said, Coach Norrell spoke with the media, and you know, really my my outcome of it because I watched it about three times today is. Coach Norvell is excited. And I'm why I said that is if he said that word excited once in his interview today, he said it probably a hundred times. You know, did you watch it, Chip? I watched bits and pieces and I lost count on how many times he said it. He like you know, how excited he was. Um Dude, like I like we said last week, there's something special brewing in Tallahassee. Yeah, there he is, and uh, really, which I mean, he said he was excited. I, I give him that. Um, he expects the team, you know, to take another jump, which we didn't end the season bad. You know, I think we won like five of our last seven games. You know, didn't finish the season bad. He, I did notice he brought up the Wake Forest game which was a 35-14 loss. You know, really, that was the only game last year that we really got just manhandled. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go back and look at it, you know, we had a chance to win in the final minutes of almost every other game but that one. Correct. You know, the interception here, you know, bad defensive stand there. Jordan Travis getting hurt. And really, when J. Trav got hurt, it, I mean, except for – one series in Notre Dame, the Notre Dame game, it was like, you know, the wheels fell off during those series to me. But um, another thing, you know, I was kind of excited 
about, you know, when he spoke about it. And, yes, you know, Norvell is, I think he's 8 and 11, two years in, started 0 and 4. Mm-hmm. You know, and he can say nice things, you know, and try to paint a good picture. But it was one thing he talked about, and that was the players putting in the work away from the stadium in the, you know, off-season, you know, dead period type thing and the player-ran practices. And he talked about players also taking ownership of the program, how he truly seemed to believe in, you know, what they were doing, where they were going, and, you know, the players really becoming a bond. And, you know, I don't know if you've seen pictures, you know, coming out, but the, these boys, you know, they look bigger, they look stronger. Uh, I mean, like I said, if you see a picture, it's in the, it's proofs in the pudding there. There's a physical difference in the players now compared to a year ago and even two years ago, really. Yeah. We have to thank Coach Storms and his staff for that. But, I mean, look at DJ Lundy. He dropped 20 pounds. I think they said Maurice Smith added 17 pounds, and that's a lot for a defensive style, side of the ball. Um, you know, and then the summer workouts, you know, me really, you know, whenever I was playing – that summer workout was the difference between being good and being great. Yeah. You know, and I know you'll talk about it in just a second, you know, but Chip, I mean, how important is those player-led practices in the off-season during the summer with building chemistry and getting you where you need to be for the season? Oh, they're they're very important. Uh, I'm going to bring up two coaches that coached me in college um, that are still coaching today, uh, Coach Tim Alvin. He is the head football coach for Ohio University right there in Athens. And um, Coach Garen Higgins, who's the coach at Emporia State, um, they were really, really big on player-led practices during the summer um, because that's when you start really building the chemistry. You start, like, quarterback receivers – I mean, the, the offense we ran when I was in college was the old-style Nebraska, you know, I-formation, the option offense. But we threw a little bit more. Um, just to have your timing on, you know, the the give the give to the fullback, reading the defensive ends, your, your timing on the, the comeback routes with the receivers. Like, all that stuff's built during the summer. And um, – it's very, very important. Now, like you said, these guys that are adding, adding weight, losing weight, um, your your season is ultimately won in the off season because if you're not training, guess what? Your opponent is. That that's true. That that's a hundred percent true, and and I preach it whenever I coach. You know. Especially, you know, conditioning. We we stress conditioning whenever I when I coach, and I tell them, you know, when they're, I mean, you know, it just like I do. There's that one, you know, you running twenty yard sprints or fifty yard sprints or hundred yard gassers, or everybody gets down about that fifteenth, sixteenth one. Their hands are on their knees. Mm-hmm. They're they're about to die. And I have to keep reminding my players, and I I love my players. They really bought in to what me and Coach Hackett. Um, was trying to put instilling them was the difference between a game lost and a game one is this last this last sprint. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have the heart to give it everything you got running this last stretch? 
and they bought in. There were some that didn't, but you know that, that's everywhere. Um, well, you remember? But I agree with you, Range. You remember the movie? Um, it was that one um, Christian football movie where he has them do the bear crawls with the guy on his back, but he's blindfolded. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's um, you know, facing the giants. Facing the Giants, thank you. And has him doing the bear crawls, you know, until he just absolutely can't go anymore. And, you know, showing it, showing his players, you've got to do this. Like, just when you think you can't, give me that one extra play. Yeah. That's true. I mean, it it's comes down, and, and I know we're kind of keying in on this, but people don't realize it, you know. Just like we've said, you know, focusing in on it, doing that little bit extra you know, weight room, you know, what's one more rep if you can get it in? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, use a quarterback chip. I mean, how how important was, you know, you using that to get your timing with your receivers? There, there wasn't a day that I didn't, and I was a backup quarterback my four years in college. You know, there wasn't a day that I wasn't throwing for an extra 30 minutes to an hour after practice, you know, to help yeah. my get their time and, you know, to also get my timing with them when my number's called. And my number did get called quite a bit to play. And I, you know, but all that's, all that's, you know, the, co- the coaches see that. Your teammates will see that. Yeah. And, and honestly, I believe, you know, as a coach, you, you mean me and you both coached, if you as a coach and you walked up or you drove by or, and you seen that player run practice and you seen them kids that, you know, I know I did it last year. You know, I would just go kind of sit in the, the locker room and have the door open and kind of spy. And I found a couple of my best players that way because they they were too scared and timid during the spring football time to really step up. But watching them out there play when nobody was around, it showed me that, you know, that heart they had. Yeah. To get out there. So, which, I mean, which was a good thing. But kind of moving on from that, which, you know, to me it's – does it feel like there's a little bit of confidence around the program again? Yes. You know, something that really ain't been around this program since I'd say 2016, which was really the last time we won a season opener. That's, that's horrible to say, but you know, the coaching staff has filled the holes this year that we've needed filled with the transfer portal and recruiting. And, you know, the majority of them transfer portal guys, you know, we're here in the spring. They're going to be looking to contribute give us a little bit more weapons, so to say. And really, you know, it's given them portal guys more opportunity to learn schemes and, you know, the coaches the opportunity to learn their strengths and weaknesses. And there was a actually a question Knowles Game Day posted. I got a text earlier about it. Do you think Trey Benson will take the starting running back spot from uh, Treshawn Ward? What do you say, Chip? Uh, no, I do not. But like I told you, I think though you know you and Hunter and I have talked many times. We've got a we got a four man monster backfield. I, I believe all four are going to get 
for the carries. Like, I, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we've got, you know, four guys over four or 500 yards. Yeah. And and that's the thing. I mean, how many times have we seen it since Norvell's been here that you have two running backs in the backfield and another one, another running back in the slot position? So just because, you know, you know, just because we have a four-man rotation don't mean three of them four ain't going to be on the field at one time. Correct. I mean, Ja'Kai Douglas was a running back. Mm-hmm. He's a slot receiver now. So, but, but one thing that really struck out to me was my, you know, Coach Norvell, he stressed the importance of getting the right fit for the program, not just trying to get out there and get that player that, you know, your offensive lineman that's 350 pounds and can bench press a, a semi truck, but you got to have that right fit for your scheme. And you got to have that right fit, you know, either in the portal or, you know, on um through high school ranks. How, I mean, just your outlook, I mean, how important is that to get your pieces like, like a chessboard, how to get your pieces that you need for your scheme other than trying to get the biggest and strongest out there? But it's almost it's almost like you see these GMs and uh, head coaches in the NFL uh, how they how they conduct how they conduct their draft. You know they have a seven round draft and they'll sit there and they go through like yeah you might have one the, the biggest toughest guy right here, but if he don't fit your scheme, you're gonna end up with another Albert Hainsworth how he was with the Washington Redskins. They remember they spent well, I think it was eighty ninety million on him. You know, from what he did with the Tennessee Titans, yeah. and he turned around and go to Washington, and he shats the bed, so to so, uh, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. D- just because you're the biggest and strongest doesn't mean you're the best athlete for that program. Yeah, and th- and that's true. I mean, I mean, we see it all the time. Um, I mean, I'm just going to name name one. Dante Lucas, offensive lineman we had a few years ago. I think he's a four-star recruit when he come in. Um, he started as a freshman under Willie and didn't do nothing. You know, he he was one of them ones. And, you know, best of luck to him at Southern Alabama. I'm not going to knock him. But I went back and watched the Notre Dame game. And the reason we lost that game, and I'm not pinning it on one person because there was other things in it, but, I, well, yeah, I am. I'm just going to say it. Mackenzie Milton, we were first and second and 10, something like that, right outside the 20. Dante Lucas comes in to uh, to the game, relieving, I think, I can't remember if it was Robert Scott or something. Somebody got hurt right there. Um, first play. Dante Lucas lets the defensive end just go right by him. Didn't put a hand on him. Didn't, you know, do nothing. To me, he wasn't the right fit for the scheme. He wasn't the right fit for the for this team now. He knew it. His heart wasn't in it. And to me, that's what cost us that Notre Dame game because that next, you know, Mackenzie Milton took a 10-yard loss, I think it was, on a sack. Yeah. So, and that just – that really shot us in the foot with that. But – you know, I think the the fit and all that's real, you know, I mean, you, you can't run a spread style or actually what Norvell calls is a, um, I'm trying to think what it's called. It's a, it's a pro spread because I've actually got a, a playbook we, we ran. It was sim- just almost identical to his. Um, but you can't run that with players that is more fit for a power eye or an option eye 
or no. like a wing T or something like that. They've got to have very quick feet. Yeah. And I think, I think finally, you know, which Norvell said it the whole time, you know, this is going to be a slow rebuild. This ain't like Willie saying that we're going to be back in five, five minutes, you know, with lethal stupidity, you know, we, he said from the day one that this is going to be a slow rebuild mm-hmm. and it's true. And really you start seeing that effects in around the third year. So really, so th- talking about that, how confident on are you this year that this team has what it takes to turn it around to, I mean, I'm not going to say a prediction, but above 500. Uh, I'm very, I'm very confident. Just, you know, from the few players that I've talked to, um, you know, like I, like I had mentioned to y'all last week, the conversation I had with CJ Campbell at uh, Janoris Robinson's uh, camp that, uh, you know, us as fans, we don't, we don't see the chemistry that was getting built during the spring that's getting built during the summer. I mean, a lot of these guys are still working out together. I can go down to Tommy Oliver Stadium right now, and you see, you see guys running stadiums. You see guys running the sprints. They, uh, I'm very confident. I mean, you, know, you look at last season, we were in every game but one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you told me, Chip, Florida State's going to go ten and two, I wouldn't be shocked. I actually see that record. I see. I can see that. We'll we'll discuss this next week. Uh, when we actually have our prediction show, the first half of it, because I'm actually going to have the crew back together. Hunter will be back. Also inviting LaVon Miller from Seminole Dynasty to join us. So it's going to be a, a multi-Florida State group show. And really, that kind of leads me to something, you know, like Norvell. Did, did you watch the – the thing is like three-quarters of the way through the interview, Norvell got a question asked for, to him. He, and he smirked and he laughed. He said, that's a good question. And he was asked – what was one word that you can describe this team by and why? Did you see that one? No, I didn't see that one. Okay. Well, he, he said family. He stated that when he first became a head coach, he was asked a question, you know, what do you want the program, your program to, to be like, to look like? And he answered just straight up. And I, I, I didn't think I could love another coach as much as I did Bobby. But when he said this, because Bobby's things was faith, family, football. Correct. You know, but he answered it. He said, I wanted it to be what football has always been to me. He said, that's family. And that's true. I mean, when you look at, you know, this team or anything, really, it comes down, you know, like he says, to working on it and work. And it comes down to relationship. And you see this team, like you mentioned, you know, when was the last time we seen a bunch of Florida State Seminoles in Panama City <laughs> working out? I can't tell you when. You know, or, I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen, you know, I've I seen Amari Gaynor's Instagram, and there he is 
on the beach of Panama City, him and the boys running sprints in the in the in the old sugary sand, mm-hmm. you know, Panama City Beach. Or like you said, Tommy Oliver. You know, it's like they're creating that family. And that's yep. what's going to get us. That's what's going to get us to that promised land. You know, and, and I consider, you know, you and, and Hunter, my family, because we went through battles together, you know, when we worked for the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. But there was times, you know, and you have to agree, we butted heads, we fought. Oh, yeah, because you know, that's Families but, do that. But when, but when, you know, you know what hits the fan, we're right there. We got each other's back. Exactly. We had that unconquered spirit, too. Yep. You know, and I have to admit it. You know, I'm drinking that Norvell Kool-Aid. You know, and honestly, I do believe, you know, we're going to be a much better football team this year. I honestly do. I think, and I'll give my prediction, you know, in the next couple of weeks in the final pick. But I believe that we're on the cusp of where we need to be. Oh, yeah. Norvell is the coach that's going to get us there. Oh, yeah. Because, because I mean, when you hit rock bottom like we did, there's nowhere else to go but up. So, but with that being said, Chip, is there anything you want to discuss just off the record? That's kind of was our agenda, what we just went over. Is there anything you, uh, you just want to chat about? Um, yeah, I would. I would like to, you know, to give a shout out. Like they don't know I'm doing this to uh, a family friend, uh, Chris Forehand, who was able to get this this full size helmet autograph this weekend in a football autograph. To forgive my son, you know, from C.J. Campbell, Kevin Knowles, Josh Burrell. Malik McLean, Greedy Vance, and Amari Cooper. You know, this past weekend, the boys that were here uh, in Panama working out, growing that brotherhood. Fellas, I, I, I really appreciate it. I know CJ watches the show. I know Chris watches the show. Um, I want to thank y'all. I want to thank y'all for everything y'all are doing. I want to thank y'all ahead of time for bringing Seminole Nation back. Chip, I mean, I'm I'm going to just throw off the cuff. You know, there's what hundreds, say thousands of. We just say Florida State podcasts. We're just another one. Oh yeah. You know, listening to one the other day, and and like I said, you know, haters are going to hate. You know, and it's it's one thing to hate; it's another thing to to kind of just be downright disrespectful. And I'm not oh, going to mention we must be this talking person about, because – We must be talking about Pound Puppy. Yeah. Um, man, I don't, I, I don't get some of these so-called fans that – I mean, I was listening to this, this show – and he claims to be a big Florida State fan. But then he goes on record to saying that none of our players are as good as Travis Hunter with Jackson State. Couldn't hold a candle to Travis Hunter. But then five minutes later, starts talking about how these boys are in shape and the best shape of their life, and they're the 
best Florida State team we're going to see. I mean, I love each and every one. There's actually a podcast I recommend everybody that's part of True Knowles Talk or any other group that's watching or on Twitter, and that's Plant the Spear. That guy, that guy's an upstart just like we was. He's going in the right direction. I've actually reached out to him, see if he wants to collab with us one time. Um, just do a collaboration show. Ain't heard back yet, but, you know, it takes time. He's busy. We're all busy. But that's one of the shows that really is a breath of fresh air. Yep. You know. But I'm going to ask you, Chip, if you had to choose your top five teams going into this season, who would you go with? Well, unlike that person's podcast we're going to talk about who he might as well have been on Jeopardy and asked Alex Trebek, you know, I'll take the, you know, the best, the best five teams of the last decade. I mean, that, that was, that was kind of a layup, you know, give me question. Um, of course, Alabama and Georgia are going to be in the top five. Um, Sorry, bud. Oklahoma ain't gonna be there. New coach. You USC ain't either. No. And, and I hate to bust his bubble. You know, he says he's a Florida State fan, but he he picked Clemson in the top five. They're not gonna be top five starting out. Dude, I can honestly tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson has four losses. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, but again. Really, yeah. if I if I had to, go ahead, Chip, go ahead. Give me the give me the top five teams of the last decade. I mean, come on now. Yeah, but USC wouldn't even be in that list. No, USC ain't been relevant. No. Hasn't been relevant since Matt Leinart and uh, Leinart and uh, Reggie Bush. Exactly. You know when Pete Carroll was getting that money give to him. Exactly. But you know you're going to put Oklahoma and USC. Over Michigan, over Texas A&M. Texas A&M beat Bama last year. Granted, it was by a field goal, but a win's a win. Dude, I'm not crazy about. You know, I'm not crazy about old Jimbo, but Jimbo's got him a damn good team. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, but we're moving on from that. Um, I want to give a shout out to a former Noel. Uh, he reached out last night. We had a little phone, quick, little quick phone conversation. Uh, Tony Yeomans, member of the, uh, I think it was like the 85 through 89, I want to say, or 85 through 89 or 85 through 90. Old school. Florida State Seminoles team. Yeah, I mean, played with Leroy Butler, yep. Mr. Hall of Fame, played with Dion and Odell. I mean, he was there for the punt rooski. I mean, um, we're going to have him on a show uh, coming up soon. We're doing a Bobby Bowden special on the anniversary of Coach Bowden's death. Um, we would love for any of the people listening, watching, you know, uh, if you have a memory of Bobby or if you have anything that Bobby has impacted your life in any way, shape, or form, feel free to shoot us. A message, me, Chip, Hunter, 
and we'll uh we'll find a way to get that clip over or we'll do a live interview and interview you all three together and that way it's added to the special um bobby meant so much to us as a really the patriarch of the really the acc he built the acc built florida state in my eyes um that is kind of fitting for us to really step up and do that um in my heart that we pay honor and tribute to him you know, in this way and then um here soon we're going to be starting the new segment uh tomahawk talk and we'll have more stuff about that coming up and uh, another big announcement starting in football time i know uh we just we got another show me and hunter and chip's going to do it's going to be a podcast only show it's going to be on monday mornings be released uh be called monday morning quarterback good bad you know after the uh victories you know we'll break that down have our live show which we'll do tomahawk talk on during the week we'll have another podcast at the end um breaking down the the game coming up and our keys to victory i know hunter is excited as we are with it um chip anything you want to say before we sign off no um other than i urge y'all to go on amazon.com and pick up freddie stevenson's book that guy's story yeah. will absolutely flat out amaze you i'm waiting for my copy to come in but just from some of the cliff notes that i've seen wow is all i can say to see what he had to go through to get where he to get to the level he got is truly remarkable and my freddie my yes. hat's off yeah um just a couple minutes on that you know freddie we appreciate there was an interview or something i was watching not too long ago where he was talking about his struggle you know when he was younger and certain thing and he'll go on in in into detail about that but you know he really has the rags to riches story and um freddie you know we're looking forward to having you on the show if you're watching or if you watch later um another one don't we have somebody running for political office in the group yes yes oh big man that was ahead of his time number 20 nick maddox yep um we're gonna have nick on the show coming up soon um break down some stuff talk about his playing days talk about you know anything and everything nick wants to talk about um have Tony on the show talk about his playing days. I, I'm very excited because I love my favorite play, Florida State history, is a punt rooski. And to talk to somebody that was there, whew, it's got fat boy jumping and shouting right now. You'd think I was almost Pentecostal church, but that excites me, you know. And then also, you know, there's a there's an athletic training place in Tallahassee that a former Noel. Member of the group, old Mr. Old Carlos Williams, the Clemson the killer, trainer of old Clemson killer. Uh, if y'all want a good experience, go check out. I was it called D One Training. Um, that's a good place. And another one, you know, he tra he's training an elite athlete right now, in the name of Josh Cable. 
Josh Cable, keep up the good work, brother. True Knowles Talk has you back. We love you. We'll, if you want to, brother, I'll message you. We'll get you on the show, you know, and all that. But, you know, we – it'll be uh, – it's going to be an exciting times coming. It's going to be exciting times coming for True Knowles Talk, former Knowles, and really, I mean, Chip, I mean, they just got to join the climb with us, man. Oh, yeah. They – this this was by far the best decision I ever made was taking my son to a game and seeing his eyes light up when he saw Renegade come out and plant that spear. That yeah. that's and that's when it automatically it I, I got hooked was seeing the excitement in my my little boy's eyes. Yeah, and, and I'm going to say something you know just to end the show. It don't matter if you're a Clemson fan. It don't matter if you're a a Miami Hurricane fan. It don't matter if you're a Florida Gator fan, former fan. The moment you put that garnet and gold on, we will never talk smack about you because you're family. And we appreciate you just as much as the person that's been a fan since 1957. That right there shows the heart of the unconquered spirit and the heart of a Seminole. We don't judge just by what you, because I'll be honest with you. 93 to 96 i wore the blue and orange i was young and dumb you know i remember sitting there watching the you know the 96 national championship but then i got introduced to florida state and like you said my eye your son's eyes did the same thing mine did renegade come up reared up planted the spear my eyes went the size of saucers i was hooked ever since and you know, guys, you know, Rain's not to not to. I know we're running a little bit long. You know, I grew up going to FSU games, got away from it, and then started going back. You know, when I became a daddy, and like I like I said, when my son's eyes lit up when he saw that, and then to hear the war chant going around the stadium, to see him just I'm overjoyed, just chopping it up. Son, if that don't get, if that don't make you know goosebumps stand up and get your blood pumping, you might need to go see a cardiologist. I, I don't know how many fans are like me, but you know, like you said, goosebumps, chills, almost tears. Oh yeah. When you hear that war chant, you look around Dope Campbell Stadium, you see eighty thousand arms back and forth. There's nothing like it. So with that, guys, we're going to sign off. Hope y'all enjoyed the show, Hunter. We miss you, buddy. We'll see you next week. Guys, join the climb. Become unconquered with True Knowles Talk. Y'all have a great week.